Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 161, The Human Side of Robot Cars. Um, this is going to be, I'll just be up front, this, this was written, this is from a trade magazine, so the article's really written actually more towards repair technicians, but there's a lot of good information in there. Uh, you don't certainly have to be a repair technician to understand what they're talking about, and I think it, it's worthwhile, uh, you know, to give the, the person who has an uh, ADAS car, which is what this is, this is about, this article, Advanced Driver Assistance Systems, uh, it certainly gives them more of an insight into what the technician is has to go have it, what the technician is having to go through in regards to repairs and calibration of any kind of an ADAS system, and so you obviously then have a hopefully a better you know appreciation and understanding of of the repair process and calibrations and all that kind of stuff. So I've kind of talked about some of these different things that are going to be brought up in, in previous podcasts I've done, but like I say, this is, uh, you know, it's the latest information uh, available as of this date, and uh, I thought it was worthwhile to make a podcast out of it. So anyway, a uh, couple quick commercials. Uh, if you ever want to get a hold of me, you can get me via email at bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. I'm also on LinkedIn under Brad's Motorworks is my business, my shop. And uh, also, if you, if you want to uh, uh, support the podcast, I'd appreciate it. Um, the way you can do that is to the main uh, podcast uh, um, uh, distributor, I should say, of this is called podbean.com. If you go to that website, do a search for Brad Kyle's MotorWorks podcast, you'll find the main homepage for it. Upper right-hand corner is a, a link for Become a Patron. And if you click on that, you can uh, donate. Uh, you can do it one time. You can do it as a monthly recurring uh, type donation. I'm asking for $5 a month. You can do less. You can do more. Uh, one of the biggest things that does for you, besides helping to support the podcast, is that it opens up about 12 to 15 previous podcasts I've done that I talk about specific subjects where if you apply the information uh, in those podcasts, into your automotive ownership and driving life uh, there's no doubt you can save yourself thousands if not maybe even tens of thousands of dollars in regards to um, uh, you know car repair and and so on and so forth uh, and, and other items for that matter and hopefully just kind of you know reduce any frustration you might have in regards to your car and stuff so Hopefully you uh, you find that worthwhile and and uh, you know like I say if you subscribe I certainly appreciate it so so anyway uh, this article is from a technical trade magazine called Motor Age the author on it his name is Dave Hobbs uh, he writes quite a bit in in a number of different uh, uh, trade magazines and and stuff like that so so anyway here we go so the human side of robot cars. There are numerous vehicles on the road today with windshield smart cameras, lane keep assist, collision avoidance, and grill-mounted radar sensors adapted to cruise control that don't require any tools beyond a scan tool, some decent roads, and common sense to perform many ADAS calibrations. 
And again, I just, you know, want to define what is ADAS. That means Advanced Driver Assistance Systems. So, uh, Smart ADAS Driver is required. <laughs> the opposite of resistance to new technologies is the overconfidence that can result from the same root cause, lack of driver knowledge. You don't have to do too much YouTube browsing to find examples of self-driving vehicle driver abuses. There's a concerning newsreel from Inside Edition sporting a collection of dangerous stunts filmed via selfies by the drivers themselves. Stunts ranging from taking naps while driving to riding in the passenger seat instead of being behind the wheel. As an experiment on both a Cadillac with a Super Cruise and a Ford Edge with ACC and lane centering, a step up from lame keep assist, I gave up control of the vehicle with my passenger ready to grab the steering wheel just in case. On the Caddy, I simply closed my eyes for a count. One, two, three, four. Beep, beep, beep. The car's steering column mounted camera watched my attentiveness, noticed a lack thereof, and alerted me to take the wheel or super cruise would disengage. I took the Ford Edge to the next level by refusing to grab the wheel when instructed. The vehicle's lane centering feature continued to track a straight line but slowed the vehicle down to a crawl with the brake lights on. I was able to speed back up and repeat the stunt once more before that vehicle's DIC displayed feature not available. An ignition cycle was all it took to get lane centering to return. I share these accounts to assist you in knowing what some of your customers may customers may already be doing, especially those drivers with risk-taking abilities that exceed their driving abilities. No professional technician or shop owner desires to see anyone involved in an accident. It's quite the opposite. Smart ADAS techs can, however, help turn unaware ADAS customers into educated and safe ADAS customers. Smart ADAS techs. Technicians working on ADAS-equipped vehicles must become SMEs subject matter experts to some degree. Then we must pass our knowledge of the system's operation to those behind the wheel with proper tact and timing. A good start is to simply advise our customers that the hardware and software on today's production vehicles do not make them automated robots to drive us around without constant supervision and help. Tesla's Autopilot and GM's Super Cruise equipped vehicles can operate with minimal driver interaction under permissible road conditions, weather, and lighting. What is GM Super Cruise and does it use LiDAR sensors? The Cadillac Super Cruise ADAS option was released several years ago and is now available on several other GM models. This very high-end ADAS system uses extensive sensor fusion, advanced software that considers all ADAS sensors together, along with a very accurate roadmap database that was created with LiDAR mapping technology. Many consumers, dealer sales reps, and even a few service techs assume that the word LiDAR means GM is using LiDAR sensors on their Super Cruise equipped vehicles. This is not the case. So if you have a customer with a GM vehicle using this system, don't waste your time looking for that LiDAR sensor when something goes wrong with their Super Cruise. How does LiDAR work? LiDAR is beginning to take off as a great technology to work in ADAS systems. Using invisible laser beams, like what the police use for speed detection, to scan the area around the vehicle, the high-frequency light laser beams are then reflected off objects and received back by the LiDAR sensor. 
The result is a 3D image that, despite its ability to process 1 billion data samples per second, takes far less computing power than a camera. LiDAR sensors are beginning to be utilized on a few newer vehicles, mainly high-end Euro models at the present, but don't look for the ADAS windshield camera or radar sensor to be eliminated anytime soon. LiDAR is colorblind and illiterate, meaning it can't distinguish colors and read traffic signs. Cameras can determine if the traffic sign is yellow or red and read that speed limit sign. Additionally, snow and heavy rain can deflect light, causing issues with camera and LiDAR sensors. This makes radar the preferred technology for poor visibility conditions. In the case of LiDAR mapping, the GM SuperCruise map database is complied, compiled by light aircraft and drones equipped with LiDAR flying over interstate highways. Recent 3D images of every dip, rise, and curve of the highways are then entered into the map database and updated over the air, which means OTA, over the air. <laughs> An active OnStar subscription is required. The DMM digital map module in the trunk stores the mapping information on two 8-gigabyte hard drives. Updates can be manually programmed into the DMM via a simple USB mini cable connected to your laptop via a J2534 and a GM programming subscription. GM even provides a website to display the, this mapping coverage so you can plan your routes to gain the most use of hands-free driving. The 3D map data is used, allowing the vehicle to drive hands-free within a few centimeters of the exact center of the lane. Humans struggle with that. Robots make it look easy. What are dynamic ADAS sensor calibrations? Think about how a skillful human driver performs. Good drivers constantly scan the road in front of them. They use their sharp eyesight, cameras with ADAS, and perceive the need to make directional changes when necessary. They utilize their sense of speed distance, i.e. radar sensor with ADAS, perceive the need to accelerate, brake, or coast, allowing the vehicle to follow other vehicles at a safe distance or apply the brakes hard in the emergency situation. Good drivers aren't born, they're taught. Teaching sensors, i.e. dynamic calibrations with ADAS, require various amounts of time driving the vehicle under set of specific conditions, i.e. daylight, visible road markings, lines, etc. Long-range radar and front camera dynamic calibration tips. As with static calibration in Part 1 last year, the following partial list of tips carry over. Pre-repair DTCs documented and cleared before any calibration. He's talking about, uh, as a side note, he's talking about the, the, the process to go through a calibration run. So this is what the technician is literally doing, not necessarily specifically on every car and not necessarily specifically on your car, okay? Because the process varies from manufacturer to manufacturer. Isn't that nice? So anyway, here we go. Pre-repaired DTCs documented and cleared before any calibration. Fully charged battery and operational charging system. OEM compliant windshield that's clean. Vehicle cargo areas are empty, tires inflated spec, and the full tank, fuel tank full for ride height. A four-wheel alignment is verified. Thrust angle, no dog tracking. SAS, which is, means steering angle sensor, reset, relearned. Updated scan tool capable of entering the vehicle into dynamic calibration mode. Following every instruction on the scan tool screen, to the letter. Make sure ADAS-related warning lights are off. Document everything for liability potential. Okay? That's almost really a generic 
process right there, okay? Additional tips unique to dynamic calibrations. Have another person drive while you operate the scan tool. Avoid bumpy or congested roads. Specific minimum maximum speeds required for extended periods. Select roads where instructed speeds, typically 40 to 50 miles per hour, can be maintained and have visible lane markers, road signs, tires, trees, and fences. This type of road is sometimes referred to as a target-rich road. Camera calibrations. So right off the bat, if it's a shop that's in, you know, whatever, downtown, whatever it is, that's, you know, a busy, um, <laughs> super busy, uh, good luck with the 40 to 50 mile per hour maintain, you know, speed for a while so this thing can calibrate. And, and you're talking about it takes two people to do it, okay? Avoid rain, snow, ice, fog, heavy cloud cover, or night driving. The camera must see the lane markers. Be aware of other pedestrians, rapidly approaching vehicles, etc. Avoid slowing down below speeding up. Avoid slowing down below or speeding up over instructed speeds. Avoid lane changes. Might require calibration to start over. Look for ADAS-related warning messages to eliminate while calibration is in progress. Then go out when complete. Agreeing with scan tool completed successful message. Verify ACC functionality. Find some traffic to drive in. ACC is adaptive cruise control. Verify LKA-related ADAS functionality by observing for lane marker-detected icons appearing on DIC and changing as you move slightly back and forth in your lane. Avoid trying to f avoiding trying to fix things that aren't broke. Going back to customer education, we must educate ourselves beyond the complexities of static calibration in the repair bay. The three R's that would apply to road test diagnostics and dynamic calibration are research, service information, owner's manual, training classes, etc., road test, lots of known good vehicles, and road test customer's vehicle with ADAS concern. Standards for ADAS terms, not yet. Uh, I talk about this in a previous podcast that there is no standard among terms as far as even talking about one particular system that's an ADAS system in, in, in a car. Okay, and, and this is what he's basically talking about and verifying the same thing. Are you ready for this? Unbelievable. According to, AAA, according to a AAA study on ADAS over three years ago, OEMs have up to 40 different names for automatic emergency braking. That's only one system, folks, okay? 25, excuse me, 20 different names for ACC, Adaptive Cruise Control, and 19 different names for LKA, Lane Keep Assist. Is the ACC on your customer's vehicle designed to bring the vehicle to a complete stop when the vehicle they are following stops, or just slow their vehicle down to 20 miles per hour and alert them to finish the complete stop? The complete stop version is called Stop and Go ACC by some OEMs. There are even variations within the complete stop family. Full speed range ACC can bring you to a full stop, but you must apply the accelerator to take off again. ACC with stop and go will stop your car completely and resume speed when traffic allows. How do you know exactly what your customer's vehicle is supposed to do? Your customer may know, and the owner's manual may be helpful, but their real test is the new car window sticker. Compared to NHTSA's VIN decoder, NHTSA is National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. Okay, They have a VIN decoder that will 
tell you uh, what the car is supposed to have. NHTSA uses more generic terms for ADAS, but when it says optional as opposed to standard, you're still going to need an OEM VIN inquiry, RPO code label, label or the new, new car window sticker. Dash and steering wheel buttons can be a help in determining ADAS content details, but several OEMs, Ford, Volvo, etc., bury lane-changing related ADAS controls, front camera and blind spot warning ADAS controls, side radar, and their touchscreen DIC. Baselining the vehicle with an OEM scan tool, pre and post scan, can be helpful to verify ADAS options that are present. However, some OEM scan tools display modules that aren't really on the vehicle. Doesn't this sound like fun, folks, trying to, you know, just get your car fixed? Okay. This is what some of the stuff the technician is potentially having to go through and learn as they go and realize that every car can be different as far as from each manufacturer. So, Critical thinking skills for ADAS road test scan data. For each screen capture, different parts of a road test, the top two rows of adaptive cruise control data PIDs on this auto ingenuity scan tool are related to static calibration values. That's normal. On our road test, the only PIDs that changed were vehicle speed, self-explanatory, uh, relative speed, the difference in speeds between your vehicle and the vehicle you're following, and distance, the number of feet between your vehicle and the vehicle you're following. On the two examples of highway driving at 68 miles per hour, both events were within a second or two from each other. The relative speed, your speed compared to the followed, followed car's speed, remains constant. How can the radar see the distance, often referred to as a gap, being 275 feet, then one second later only being four feet away? Did the vehicle we were following suddenly slam on its brakes? No, it didn't. The same scenario as with the two highway speed captures. Notice our vehicle speed changed a little, dropped three miles per hour, and the relative speed and distance followed changed slightly too. Is something malfunctioning? No. Nissan's unique way of displaying the distance between two vehicles is this. If the radar has locked into a target in front of the vehicle, this PID will change in a manner that makes sense, i.e. the car in front of mine looks like it's about 60 feet or four car lengths away. When you see the relative speed PID hold steady and the distance jumps around erratically, it might seem to indicate a problem. In Nissan's case, however, it indicates the radar sensor sensor's way of saying the distance is I don't have a clue as it throws numbers around like a boxer swinging in the dark it would be nice if engineers would have a cool sounding PID title that sounds like a fighter pilot jargon radar locked on target Toyota does just the opposite when its long-range radar sensors are locked onto a target the distance value is as plausible as the two Nissan screen captures for city rural driving when its radar is not locked onto another moving vehicle, the distance is a steady default value, i.e. a steady 837 feet. So that's the end of that article, but like I say, I, I personally am not going to get involved in, in ADAS repairs because as I'm sure if you've been listening to this podcast or you check my shop website, I am a one-man shop, so for me to get involved in doing uh, this kind of stuff would be like financial suicide, even though I'm only working on one car line. And understand, again, I've talked previously in other podcasts that, um, you know, different manufacturers have different targets. This is part of the calibration pro process where you're 
aiming cameras and they have to point to a specific target and the targets the actual makeup of the target or what it looks like is different from manufacturer to manufacturer so now the repair shop potentially has to have multiple targets available and so in any case um, you know this is all just gosh gee whiz golly type technology but just understand there's a huge price behind it and um, you know like I've talked about in other uh, podcasts that you could get something as simple as your windshield being replaced and next thing you know uh, either they find out you know during the repair process that uh oh we just moved a camera or a camera had to be moved to replace the windshield and now it's going to require an ADAS calibration so um, I mean I'm hearing things out there in the field as far as you know cost of doing ADAS calibrations anywhere from a low end of three or four hundred dollars all the way up to seven eight nine hundred dollars so maybe even more depends on the car and you know based on the subscription the description I just gave as far as all the things that have to be done to the car to get it ready to do an ADAS calibration and then obviously the process of doing it so it's uh, it's gonna be kinda of fun out there you know and um, you know like I say I just hopefully this kinda of gives you more of an insight into the process that if you do have or choose to go out there and, and get some of this new technology in regards to ADAS systems uh, I, I hope you see the value of it because there's going to be definitely some costs involved. So anyway, that's it on this one. Uh, I hope you found it uh, informative and, and uh, you know, go from there with it. So I appreciate your time. Appreciate you listening. Again, if you want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. And again, I'm also on LinkedIn. And uh, check out the Podbean uh, webpage, and and, uh, I would love it if you uh, help support the podcast in any way you can. I appreciate it. So I hope you have a fantastic day and a great tomorrow, and thank you again for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you, and thank you again.